AF eloquence is made in the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and we recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Time for a treaty. Things are extra hard. Well, you could you could make an A of eloquence joke if you like at the top. Oh yeah, fumble feel, over feel my intro. Feeling a little, yeah. Feeling a little. I'm feeling a little less, fragile. Less than A eloquent today. Yeah, that's right. Well, the uh, the um, the intro is always a litmus test of where yeah. we're at. True. If we can get through it. Um, yeah. Well, so it is my intro, isn't it? And then. You're I'd actually quite like to use this as the intro. I think we could go for a more casual out of the hoodoo gurus into just general chat about not feeling particularly AF eloquent well, today. Well, do we just... Are we rolling live I think we're then? rolling. Let's just use it. Well, welcome to AF Eloquence. I'll show. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, look, the show where we're eloquent AF about all things football. This is how... You this is behind the scenes. the litmus test, yeah. We just passed the litmus test today yeah. on this cloudy Tuesday the 28th of July, a day before the Festival of Football. My name is Bart Welch. Hey, my name's Emil. Uh, Emil Freund, welcome to the show. It is the day before the Festival of Football. Um, and I don't know how you feel about uh, AFL-ness, Bart, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. I'm ready to unwrap the little gifts underneath the... Um, the, the Post tree? The goal, what yeah. You, what were you, what were you goal your goal post tree? You pop a footy on top of the post and you uh, <laughs> you pray to the footy gods that you get a nice, sweet four points in the in yeah. the uh, in the s- s- footy sock. <laughs> That's right. If you've been a bad boy, then you don't even get a supplementary pick. No, you get you the get, wooden spoon. You get the wooden spoon. You get a um a, a voucher to collective mind. <laughs> oh, damn, uh, the poison chalice. There you go, Poison crows. Chalice. Oh dear. But you know, that being said, if if that were the case, then Collingwood should really be doing worse than they are. I mean, they did badly this week, but they they should be getting the wooden spoon every week. It was just a naughty and nice list. Well, that's um, right. I'm, I'm of course referring to our Collingwood um, behind the behind this behind the news special. We'll be doing uh, this week. Actually, we'll do a little special on Collingwood on like Thursday or Friday. Because um, we're, you know, we're in the middle of the festival. We thought we'd get into the festival atmosphere and um, give back, oversaturate the market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's better. Give back, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to give back um, to all our listeners. And yes, as Emil said, we're going to pop one up on Thursday, which will have that long-awaited uh, expose on the Collingwood Football Club. Oh, explosive! The Don Scott revelations will, will look like. Will pale in significance compared to this. Well, of course. Oh, uh, and Ex- on the, on explosive. that, by the way. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, AF Eloquence would like to extend uh, a hearty congratulations to Melbourne for finally breaking their premiership drought. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, in '88. Um, we'd also like to, to 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 congratulate Gary Ablett Senior on on the finally achieving the long elusive premiership. He was so he was seeking so hard for so long. And of course, Mick Malthouse for becoming a four time premiership coach. Big Add Mick. another one. Couldn't, couldn't have happened to a nicer bloke. Congrats, Mick Malthouse. You deserve another one. Of course, Emil is talking about uh, these these explosive allegations. The, uh, the dirty the ho- bird. Hawks sports rorts. Uh, oh, good. The Hawks sports rorts scandal. Um, where uh, Hawthorne have paid, um, they were paying people outside of their salary cap. 
The Hawks, amongst uh, among a few other clubs, um, wow. in the eight through their dominant period in the eighties and nineties, and they were paying people via a, uh, a an offshore bank account in the little old, the Apple Island, little old Tasmania, the Panama of Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got a uh, well. There's a there's a festival called Panama in Tasmania. So we got the fest uh, the Panama festival called Panama Papers. Mm, uh, what was the, my question is was the festival named after this offshore bank account? This uh, <laughs> I think it's actually the, the festival bank account they use is actually the same. It's the, the same, same account? account from the oh. uh, sports rorts scandal of the <laughs> right. Dirty Birds in the eighties. Right, and are the um, Hawthorne players wives and girlfriends getting uh kickback payments for the festival as well i believe so they're all getting vip passes (laughs) naturally well any hawthorne player from the 80s and 90s and even today i think gets uh vip passes to tasmania everything that's got to offer that's all that they've given the club the hobart hawks yes that's right and and as we know from this week the Hobart Hawks or Hobart itself has given back to the Hawks. In, uh, yeah, given given the, the footy back to Queensland, hasn't they? Oh, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and of course, football, uh, the home of football up in Queensland. Um, yeah, but it's yeah, pity there won't be any games played in in Tassie. It seems this year. You know, there's a couple slated, but uh, not going to happen anymore, which is a pity. It's a bit difficult this year, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is a shame, but it's uh remember when everyone was complaining about um at the start of this season or you know the recommencement of the season just playing everywhere and i know we talked about it recently but how it was like people went up in arms when they had to maybe they were maybe going to have to go to queensland for two weeks or something and now it's now we're just thankful that the game's up and running and they're playing they'll play wherever they want to play they've got to play now it's yeah they're, they're in they're in and they also know that they're not going to get paid if they don't um which yeah helps. that's right and they're getting paid a lot of money so enjoy yeah. it um, They're good yeah. on them though. Fuck community service and all that. Like, keeping oh, truly. things interesting in a, in a time of, of difficulty. Yeah, um, I know you're being a, a bit gl- uh, glib earlier. I know you weren't really meaning it about, sure. uh, about their salary, but you know, um, it is a big contrast to early on, and that's what is still oh, it's still giving me a, a, the shits a bit. The way that people are not only still a bit complaining, still a fair bit complaining about the state of the game, to be frank, but also like. Complaining so much about the state of umpiring now, I don't like to, you know this about me, I don't really like to whinge about umpiring because there's nothing you can do to control it and, you know, you got to acknowledge they're human and they're going to be fallible and want to be loved by the, by the big crowd who are, you know, contributing to the noise of affirmation and all that. But it's, it's just not within your control and, and so I, I don't like to spend much time thinking about or criticising umpiring. Um, but a lot of people have and it's, I just find it so tedious. Like, we've got to find the balance we're always trying to find the balance though we've got to get better yeah we should always try to be trying to get better we want to adjust the game to make it more watchable we should always want that it's not a unique thing to this season um, and it does happen fucking every year but this season in particular just let's just enjoy the fact that we've got footy god yeah there's there's some people who need to take a, a sip of the uh the grateful tea the grateful dead tea maybe not that tea actually they or maybe they need it maybe they need a little dose of lsd tea to find some gratitude merely lst my fave lst yeah. my fave um yeah i know well it doesn't help does it with this umpire bashing when and i know i've jumped i jumped on a little bit last week just cuz it was it was tough to watch but it doesn't help when you've got one of the greatest coaches of all time alistair clarkson pretty much every week after a loss blaming the umpires or diverting 
attention to his poor performance or their team's poor performance and putting it on someone else. Yeah, this week, Papley, who is the only reason you watch the Swans at the moment, or that game, that game, to be honest with he you. was the reason. Yep. He's he the reason. Kicked sure. four goals, two. One of them, yeah. sure, one was from a free kick, two quick ones in, in a moment, but... You know, right. for, you know, you yeah, know not to do that, right? You know not to do that, Frawley. And same with Jasper Pittard and the. We'll talk about that one when Mark we touch. Yeah, when we touch on um, the Blues North game. But when you come over from when you run down the ground from fifty meters and bump a player who's got their back to you, and it's they fall happen. over, they're gonna you're gonna give a free kick, even if they weigh, even if they're Tom pa- Papley and they're shorter than than you and I. He's a, he's well, a short man. Shouldn't enter into it. If you're a big, you know, 195 centimetre, 90 kilo bloke, um, you should be, like, you're hitting a player off the ball. Like, of course he's going to go down. He's 70, 178 centimetres or something and 70-something yeah. kilos. Like Exactly. And not bracing for that contact. Uh, contact. There's no idea it's coming. His back was turned. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's a, yeah, it's a lot. And, and Clarko's, uh, it, I guess it just doesn't help, does it? When you've got, him spouting it every week, um, people are going to talk about it. If, you, if you're talking about, if you're constantly putting it out in the media, people are going to talk about the, the state of the game and the umpires. I just, but I just wish we'd leave it alone for this. It's annoying, season. isn't it? Just leave yeah. it for now. It's it's just all over the show. They didn't, they they've barely they're only conditioned. You know, they're conditioning the players, conditioning and their skills is only like we talked about last week, round one. Really. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the umpires are in their own hubs. They're not. Yeah. They don't have any kind of centralized way of um, communicating to everyone, and it, it's it, messages get lost. You know, it's like it's an impossible task. It really is to adjudicate uh, to, it fairly to everyone. It just can't be done. And they're not getting paid the big bucks of the players. Like, maybe, let's make them full. Let's make them full time. We'll, we'll maybe ma- see if that helps. Maybe we we'll oh, do that. Gosh, we yeah, right. It's the same thing. That let's make them full time, and then someone sort out. The AFL or the broadcaster seven. Someone sort out the uh, teaching goal the reviews. commentators the rules. Oh, well, hold on, that too. <laughs> yeah, teaching the commentators the rules, sorting out the goal review system, and then paying the ump. Maybe we, maybe we flip it. Maybe we make the most desired position on the football field. It's not the midfielder. It's not your no. full forward. Okay, which uh, maybe the key backman, winger. You'd think so. But it's your, rump, it's your rump in the centre square. Oh, hello. It, they're the real rock stars of the footy the, field. <laughs> the, they command the big bucks. Sleeve tats. They've got like uh-huh. f- sweet fades, like awesome hair. They've got their own real. t-shirt label. <laughs> yeah, they're banned on the side. They've got a trap mixtape coming out soon. Razor Ray's Ray-Bans. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Razor Ray-Bans. I'd buy them. <laughs> yeah, um, hell yeah. <laughs> they'd definitely be... They'd, they'd have an Oakley kind of Coke dealer vibe to them. I definitely. Reckon. Yeah, some speed dealers there for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, White Line Fever with Razor Ray. Um, maybe, maybe. Let's let's pay them the big bucks. Let's see what that does. Just make them full-timers to start with, for fuck's sake. That makes sense, right? Right. Oh, look, it's just such a, an achievable thing to do. And considering that it's something that we talk about all the time, every season, every couple of weeks. They adjudicate the, the game and they have... We the, just want consistency, but just yeah, consistency, but don't do it that way. It's like, come don't on. Don't pay them though. Yeah, that might help. Oh, and then let's be critical of, of decisions made that are within the rules just because you don't understand them. And then you want consistency? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you know what we have consistency in? In our big buff head commentators. Oh, we do. Consistently, we're consistently mocking them for being big buff heads. Yes, we are. Um, and now, Emil. Yes. What did you think of the oh. football? Oh, tell well, me. What did you have? Before we, before, yeah, I mean, yes. Lots of games I want to talk about. But I just want to, before we completely 
move on. Let's just a little quick talk about the Hawthorne salary thing because I think that's that's pretty interesting. It is, um, yeah. It, and it puts like, um, you know, it's there are four flags in the era that they're talking about. Now, if you haven't followed the story, um, Don Scott, a premiership captain, two-time premiership captain at the Hawks and Ruckman, um, came out during the week um, and talked about how Hawthorne were paying payments, yeah, like you said, paying pay, playing payers from offshore bank accounts in the 80s un, uh, outside the salary cap. You know, not obviously, they probably weren't the only ones. Uh, we know the famous Carlton um, incident from 2001 where they were caught paying players outside the salary cap. Um, but this is a new revelation, um, or at least new to the wider footy media. It, I reckon that... There was an amnesty in 1994 because the AFL um, knew that lots of teams were doing this or they speculated that or they suspected lots of teams were doing this. So they announced an amnesty where teams could come forward and uh, show them their books, <laughs> not the fake books, the real books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the AFL gave them, you know, a year and a half or a year to, to kind of sort it all out and get everything back on the, on the ledger, on the level, um, but without any of the kind of penalties that it would come from that normally um with the with the understanding that post that post amnesty if you got caught baking the books they would uh, you get throw the book at you throw the heavy heavy backed your front-ended book book. (laughs) yeah the one with all the real numbers that's right (laughs) all the money you owe all those extra zeros they really yeah add weight to it way down yeah the debt makes the book heavy um does and so that amnesty in 1994 so a few teams took that up. Did, did yeah, Hawthorne being one of them, right. um, and presumably it was that whole period um, that they talked about. Hence why, um, hence why nothing was done about it, and why nothing will probably be done about um, you know this potential breach from the eighties um, and nineties. So yeah, Hawthorne did. Um, Collingwood, uh, I believe Carlton did. Um, Just for and, but, but did it for like. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Shh. Here are our, here's our here are our books. fake real books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they <laughs> opened the fake, up fake. one of those books and it's just cut out. There's a big hole in the middle and there's just like <laughs> extra cash in there or something. <laughs> well, they they had the they had the fake books and they had the fake real books and they yeah. had the real real books. Yeah, then they had the burner books and then they had the uh, <laughs> <laughs> your fake account had, books. Uh, yes. Um, um. Yeah. So they that happened then. Um. And and there have been people caught breaching the salary cap post that amnesty of it like i said carlton in 2001 but uh the bombers in 96 i think was it yeah because they Something didn't like they famously didn't uh utilize the amnesty or didn't take that's right so hawthorne collingwood carlton uh, amongst others took the amnesty in 94 but then essendon didn't and then were caught classic yeah, <laughs> yeah. um right well, anyway, there's that. Um, <laughs> hey, remember at the top of the podcast when we were talking in our intro and we're like, bit slow today. My <laughs> silence at the end of your sentence is, uh, please refer to the top of the pod for that. <laughs> to be fair, Bart, this yes. is a Tuesday edition of the show. It and is. It's a whole new thing for us. It is, right? Tuesday morning. We used to do the pods in an, of an evening. Now it's yeah. a morning thing. Now we're in the festival of footy. I'm... I'm I'm, you know, overstimulated by so much football that I can barely string a sentence together. I can barely well, say the title of our podcast, Emil. <laughs> it, it, to be frank, I have trouble saying it 
in polite conversation, let alone at the top of a show, let alone on a Tuesday, let alone, you know, uh, over Skype. overwhelmed by the, the festival of footy. Of course. Um, now, what did I think of the week's games? Ah, oh, that you asked me that five minutes ago. I loved it. Football, football, um, football. Mm-hmm. I had a, had, a, had a good time. Didn't watch probably quite as much as I had the week previous, mm. uh, but the games, that I, the games that I saw that I enjoyed. I think a few... The round seemed notable for kind of individual efforts. Uh, there weren't, like, apart from the West Coast Collingwood game, there weren't any, like... Um, oh, sorry, and probably St Kilda in, in, um, in that game as well. There weren't uh, many really not- noticeable team performances, but you look at, like, the Giants and Richmond um, and, and Toby Green in that game. You look at, you know, Sydney and Hawthorne and, and Papley in that game and, and those mm. players being the difference in terms of getting the result. A lot of I thought was, that was an interesting thing. Yeah, quite a grind this weekend. I feel like a lot of teams um, just needed to get wins on the board, and a, and a lot of those teams did that. Um, I also think it's been very wet up here in Sydney, where I am, and Queensland's had a fair bit of rain as well. So a lot of and same with uh, WA. We looked at last yeah. night's game yeah, was torrential. torrential rain, some slippery stuff. So that also attributes to you know. A bit of lower scoring and the the grind. Some of these wet games are they truly are just a grind, aren't they? And oh, they're yeah. not as fun to watch if they're not a, a super tight Un- contest. Unless your team's in it, it it's it can be pretty tough going. Like as soon as it started raining in the Carlton uh, North game, I was like, all right, cool, this is good. We're better in the wet. Um, we we're actually pretty good in the wet, so I, I had you know reasonable confidence from there. But it doesn't add a lot for. Uh, a third-party supporter to be um, watching that slippery pill and, and the mm. kind of territory and the contested nature of it and the two and three touching just to pick it up. Yeah. Now, you talked about um, the Giants game there and Toby Green yes. and some of these yes. exceptional performances. That was a... That was a. Do you know what I'm going to do with me? I'm going to go close that window where there's a million birds at my windowsill. Uh, here's oh, another yes. look, peek behind behind scenes. Look at behind. how the magic happens here. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit this out later. No, post. I don't know. I think, I think it allows, it humanizes us, Bart. It, it allows uh, it allows everyone to see that we're just two guys in our respective bedrooms, a few hundred kilometers away, making a little footy podcast for, for our friends, you, the listener. And you know what? Sometimes we get birds in our window. Sometimes we get planes overhead. Sometimes we get the neighbors using the power drill. It's okay. We persevere because it's, in a post-COVID world, it's... It's not whether or not things are perfect. It's whether or not you carry on. We're much like the umpires. You know, we deserve a little more respect. <laughs> and a little bit of license to, you know, not everything works out every time. And maybe a pay rise. <laughs> <laughs> well, we Because <should laughs> we're making from, big from bucks from this yeah. one here. The big, well, those big podcast dollars. Ooh, yeah, a pay uh, rise would be to be paid. Uh, we'd have to get paid first, which would be a pay or, rise. Um, you, you know what a pay rise would be? The podcast paying for itself. That would be a pay rise. Yeah, that's right. Instead of it costing us money, <laughs> as yeah. it currently does. But that's yeah. what we're committed to do here, Millie, for our that's right. listener base, for all of our fans, for our one fan in the United States. We see you. We uh, hear you. We hear you. Thank you. you yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, the Giants, mate. Toby yeah, Green. Giants. Yeah. Ooh, win they needed to have, wasn't it? They really needed to get that one. Um, they did, and yeah. the Tigers, was, yeah, the Tigers looked looked okay as well. They have some of their. It, this won't be a bad year for the Tigers. I know that it's not quite clicking for them yet, and um, they have some injuries and a few form issues with a couple of their Lynch and Rewald aren't aren't really firing up forward. But 
they're they're able to blood a few players, aren't they, this year? And they're able to um, and they're f- fitting in and playing their role in that Richmond system. And they started to get it together, and I think it was the second or third quarter last week, but couldn't quite uh, sustain it. And the Giants, just, Toby Green was basically the difference. Really, he was the best player on the ground. Um, yeah, but yeah, good win for them, man. And he was he was unreal. Um, and was I, there was something interesting as well um, that uh, I noted was how he was coughing a little bit. And he's, he, you, you think of Toby Graham and you think like an aggressive little dude who's fiery and a bit hot-headed. And I was watching him through the game. He copped a bit of, he copped a few ear massages through some spoils and through some um, some marking attempts. And he, um, one time he got like clobbered around the face and he just kind of like went to ground and just like, just didn't remonstrate, didn't do anything, didn't retaliate, just kind of like got on with it and, I don't know, he had this steely resolve where he was just getting the job done and he was just taking, wanting the opportunity and wanting to be the one who was, um, you know, who was the match winner and he just he had something about him. He was always going to get it done. He gets such a rough go um, by the footy public. I mean, a lot of people love him, but he's also the, he's the first player that people jump on if he, if he you know, steps outside the, the line or, or whatever. And, and he also gets really... He gets, he gets umpired differently than a lot of players. Um, like Mason Cox, I think, gets umpired a bit differently. Toby Green gets a real harsh run of it. He got a he got a free kick on the weekend, which was... Um, yeah, you know, it was surprising. that same one where he got his, basically got a, his right. face smashed in by someone else's fist. and uh, That's a free kick. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the, even a Toby Green free kick, apparently. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he's, he's incredibly important for him. Um, and... and I think because of that treatment that he gets and the reputation he has, he must just have come to the place where he's super conscious of the fact that if he, you know, puts his toe over the line, they're going to pay free kicks against him. Um, and so must or have just worked really hard on his kind of mindfulness or his zen or something. something. So that it doesn't doesn't cost the team on the field because he fucking cares. He cares so much about winning and getting the yeah. team. And he gets you know, around his... That's when he gets involved um, physically. True. When other people are... When his teammates are being harassed or being... Someone's paying them close attention or tagging someone. That's when he'll go and get involved. It doesn't It doesn't really... It just surprised me. I saw him get whacked in the face. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. And he just was so calm and didn't do anything. I was like, that's, mm. you're an interesting unit, aren't you? Weird yeah. man. I mentioned Mason Cox being treated a bit differently by the umpires as well, and um, this is just this is an old observation, but I, I meant to mention it on the show a few weeks ago, and, and um, only remembered it now. But I was watching um, him play forward for Collingwood. I can't remember which game it was in. Um, you know, three or four weeks ago, um, and I just it just struck me that if he was umpired um, in the same way that other forwards tall key forwards were umpired in terms of like chops of the arm pushes he would get six free kicks a game his arms get chopped pretty much every time he goes up for the ball man he gets interfered with in marking contests and just does not get the free kicks that other players get it's (laughs) it's crazy yeah, what is it? Is yeah, I I know. Oh, it's it's because he's American. It's because he's American, and because people assume he's clumsy, yeah. and because he is really tall. He's uh, it's the giant. same. It's the same way. A lot of the it's the same way. I think a lot of the physical work that goes into players like Bondapelli or Cripps goes a bit unnoticed because oh, yeah, you see how big and how skillful and powerful those players are, and you're like, well, how are they supposed to be tagged by a, you know a hundred and 
you know, 80 centimeter bloke or 170 whatever centimeter bloke who's 10 kilos and, you know, 10 centimeters shorter, oh, well, they're going to be pulling a bit. It's like, well, no, nah, that's, that's just still, because they've got a physical difference. Yeah. doesn't mean you can break the rules to, to defend them. No, that's right. <laughs> um, and he copped a lot of treatment on the weekend, didn't he, Paddy Cripps? And I think they'll take note. There's a, it's been talked about a fair bit, the behind the play stuff. Uh, it's, it's been the way he's been played for two, three years, and he hasn't stopped him before. And he, he he's yeah. never he's never gotten enough free kicks, in my opinion. Oh, I'm gonna have to do a little pause of here, Millie. Sorry, friends, phone call, but I'm back. Still love my footy. And much think- like the much like the umpires, we are part time. Yeah, that's right. We've, <laughs> We've got, got other jobs. Hold down other jobs <laughs> until you pay us the big podcast bucks. <laughs> we've got other. We've got shit to do. It's yeah, a, it's the middle of the day. <laughs> Should be it's working. A yeah, it's a right. Tuesday at two o'clock. That was work calling. Um, yeah. Where so, are you? What, what, are, you what are you? Yeah. What are you doing? You're late. I'm podcasting. Sorry. Excuse me. Don't you know it's a festival of football? Yeah. It's a religious holiday for me. It's the you. day before it begins. Of all days, this is a sa- <laughs> this is a holy day for us. This and is Footmas Footmas Eve. I'm offended that they even questioned what I was doing. They know what I do at two o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah. My management. They I do podcasts. <laughs> they ought to. Um, other games, meal. Yeah. There was a dominant mean? display on the weekend. By, oh, you're talking about uh, Carlton versus North Melbourne? Oh, abs- um, yeah, that's right. I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Jasper Pittard in the forward line. Um, dominant. There was, of course, um, and gee, you know what? Aren't we humble, merely? Look at us. Nearly, nearly half an hour into the pod. Barely even mentioned our teams getting the dubs and our getting teams dubs? just comfortably sitting in the eight. Maybe it's because we're getting used to it. Is that what it uh, is? I mean, St Kilda's comfortably sitting in the eight. Carlton's comfortably sitting as an eight shaper. Right, shape the eight. <laughs> Equal yeah. in the eight. Tired Comfortable for, eight shaper. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That's what you want to be. Well, I hope we don't um, get so used to it that we, you know, sip on, sip on any bath water or get too confident or... Um, <clears throat> I'm moving house on Friday and that house does have a bath. So that'll start to become a factor. Maybe if you watch the um, Blues-Hawks game this week in the bath and if you get the win... Then I can start... You can a just sip, have a little sip, a little sip. Bring a straw with me. A metal, Take a straw. Usable straw. <laughs> a metal, of course. Good man. Actually, yeah. I care about the environment, everyone. He does. No, the dominant display, of course, you're talking about is the the Eagles and the yes. Pies uh, on Sunday. That is Gee. Right. 18 goals, oh. three behinds for the Eagles. Terrifying um, stuff, but... That was the Eagles of old, wasn't it? That was some 2018 West Coast it's the, Eagles. It's the Eagles I've been dreading uh, yes. this year. And, and it's the Eagles here. And it's also the Eagles that we knew were going to arrive. And it was part of the cause of our frustrations when they were one of the most vocal clubs uh, about going into the hubs and, you know, flying around and doing whatever. And they were, as we've mentioned many times, shedding tears, Emil. A boo-hoo. But I, I proposed that um, this the West Coast Eagles' new theme song should be no Tears Left to Cry by Ariana Grande because they uh-huh. are back. They're not crying over their exes anymore or their uh-huh. lo- their L's or their exes. Um, and they're fucking good. And it sucks. They smashed yeah, Collingwood man. though, which was fun. Well, they've filled the bath up with their salty tears and it's probably full enough that they can have a sip, to be honest. And after yeah, that they win, they can probably have a full gulp. Yep. That's, that's, that's the... I mean, we've been waiting, I think, this season for a team to kind of... Stamp, stamp their authority on it. 
uh, to borrow a you know hacky footy phrase. But honestly, we like are no a teams hacky footy podcast. We are a hacky footy podcast, if nothing else. No teams have really done that where they've um, played to that you know step beyond. There's there have been some good performances, but I just have that 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 sinking feeling in my stomach that with you know at least the next I think five games over there in front of home crowds, and probably more beyond that. Um, they're they're yeah. I just I feel like they're primed to primed to be that team who who starts playing the step above that we haven't really seen yet this year. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Where we've seen like dominant teams just be better by two or three steps than you know than than the next kind of teams below them. There might be two, one or two or three teams a year that kind of tend to do that. Yeah. No one's done it this year. Port have been good, but they haven't been that step above. And Port had also um, beat some lowly sides. Now that we're looking back, you can see who they've beaten. They haven't been top tier sides like West no, Coast Eagles. No. And Brisbane have been good, but they haven't um, they haven't yet done it enough away from home. Whereas, yes. And I guess neither of the Eagles. Yeah. But, um, are, the, mm. are the Eagles just this week's premiership favourite though? You know, like it oh, feels like every week... Whoever plays, you know, the best kind of game of the weekend, and it was, it was the Eagles in this instance. There were some other good games, as you mentioned, and the Saints-Port one was one of those. But the Eagles were the most dominant team over the weekend, so we have very short memories, don't we? There's a bit of that. There is a bit of that for sure. But the other thing is that Collingwood's defence this year has been probably the best in it, or you know, uh, yeah, close to the best in it. Um, and they were monstered. Yeah. Monstered, man. Like, But have they reached many, that point? Many, you know, the Pies, they've lost that many players the, the now. The peak of injury? Well, they've yeah. only really lost, they've only really lost um, Howe from True, uh, from uh, Pendles as well now. So, oh, true. Uh, as, Talking as a, as a specifically defender, defense, right. Specifically defense. And uh, yeah, sure. The midfield has a lot to say in terms of how many inside 50 and quality inside 50 entries the opposition makes, no doubt. So Pendlebury and Sidebottom hurt them there, but their fir- the only real first choice defender that they were missing is Jeremy Howe, and with a team that boasts three talls in Kennedy, Darling, and uh, Oscar Allen, Oscar, yeah. Oscar Isaac, Allen, Oscar, no, that's right. Oscar Allen, who was yeah. playing on the weekend well, um, and then they Waterman needed as well. that flexibility. Yeah, Watermelon, 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 the Watermelon, hydrating, yeah. smooth, um, <laughs> yeah. fleshy Tasty. inside, a hard exterior. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a massive communist as well. Votes for the Greens, but he's a massive communist. That's a little political joke for anyone playing along at home. Um, but he, yeah, they, they they needed the flexibility of that third tall, who is also a big organizer of their defence. Moore's amazing as an interceptor. Um, and Crisp and is Ru- a solid jet, but he's a no. Yeah, Roughhead's Roughhead's a solid lockdown kind of one-on-one tall. Um, and 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 you know, I guess. Um, Braden, was it Braden, Braden Sear? Um, oh, yes. I don't think Sear's more a mid... He's no, that's like a, a bullocking... Uh, Maynard, you have to Maynard. Sorry. I was talking about... Yeah, I mean, Maynard, yes, in defence. But I, I was just... Sorry, I'd moved on to midfield, but I was oh, thinking okay. about why haven't they... Why didn't they pick Sear, you know, when... when with losing Penelbury and um, and Sidebottom. It's like, I just... I'm not sure. I'm, I'm only speaking from the outside because I've only seen him a few times, but he seemed really good when he has Yeah, played. he's a big bullocking midfielder, isn't he? And he seems to give them something different than they don't necessarily have. Um I'm not sure. There's something going on there, right? Because people, I hear Collingwood fans talk about wanting to play him, and then he he obviously does something that they don't like yet, because he doesn't get he doesn't get much of a chance, does he? No. Um, and Bossa Novelagi came in for um for side bottom at the last minute. Um, actually, 
Uh, was no, no, he came in. No, this week he was. Oh, okay. He wasn't named in the side, but um, Sidebottom oh. came out and did the warm up, but then strained his quad. I think. Oh, I didn't even um, know that. That's his passing yeah, no, by. So he was back. Pen- he Pendlebury, played. Sorry, Pendlebury. Pendlebury. Pendlebury right. was playing. Was in the warm up. Pendlebury was in for the warm up. Okay. And then last minute came out and ah, actually, I know why they picked Boston of Alagi for Pendlebury, and that's because all the other players had already left to go play a pracky match, and the only one left as the emergency was Boston of Alagi, so in he came. Oh wow, hands were tied. Hands were tied. That's serendipitous for for as for the, for the Weagles. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, for your own, just for your match day payments. Yes, true. <laughs> so cheeky little extra one there. Um. Yeah, well, I don't know anything else on that game, Amelia. It was it was pretty impressive. The JK Kennedy, my friend. Oh, of course, that. we have to mention that. So no one's kicked. That's the most the biggest bag. That's an that's a du- extra size bag. You got to get in extra checked luggage for that bag. Seven. How goals. many is that worth in the truncated season? Is that is that the old fifteen goals a game? Or uh, I you give him. Let's give him ten. Right, round him up to ten. I think so. Yeah, I reckon he that kicked seven right. straight, didn't he? Oh, dude, that's worth an extra goal for sure. He can still play football, and he's he in his thirties. He's getting a bit older, but like compare him to um, the Tigers again. And we've I flagged this a few weeks ago. And I know we've talked about him, but just old man Rewalt. He's kicked. I saw he's kicked eight goals, right? And Lynch has kicked eleven for the year. Ben Brown has kicked eight goals as well. And you oh. think about Ben Brown at North Melbourne. And, and the scrutiny, massive scrutiny, I mean, and looks so off the pace and looks nowhere near the player he was. He's kicked the same amount of goals as Jack Rewalt and a couple, only a few goals off Tom Lynch. Um, so to kick a bag of seven, Kennedy, that's a season's worth of goals for uh, Jack Rewalt. <laughs> yeah, I really don't like Jack Rewalt right now. Um, no, you, you're uh, you're off him. Mm, uh, I am off okay. him. Oh man, Rewalt. Anyway, I just thought I'd is it, passing a drive by to Jack Rewalt. Is it because you hate yeah. the killers? Is that why you hate the killers? Is that it? Might be, maybe. Yeah, could be. It. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe I was the biggest fan of Mr. Brightside until Jack uh-huh. Rewalt sung it. Which Spoiled it. <laughs> yes. Ruined it. Ruined it. <laughs> no, I can get in on the fun. I love that. But uh, yeah, I just I'm still on Rewalt watch. Old man Rewalt. Yeah. I don't know. Hey mate. Um, well, we'll get we'll get more of a sense of him on Wednesday. We but, will. Uh, yes. But um, how about those Saints, mate? Oh, dude! How about my those my word? That um that last quarter, that was something just else. put the foot down. Yeah, uh, put, them, put them away. We put them away in front of their own. We silenced the crowd. Yeah. Um, and that was a really, really hard match for us to win. Obviously, there's all the historical stuff, and um, we you know with us not winning a game in Adelaide over till the till the Monday prior to this Saturday game, and yeah, we'd twice in one week. Twice in one week. We're breaking those hoodoo gurus. Um, yeah, dude. It was an absolute grind. We just had to we just had to hold on. Um, they, they came out hard and the, the crowd was hostile and we, it was a simmering. The tension was rife. And we just like, we're a solid unit. We have so many on every level, every line. We just have solid players now. And, and we, we're really tough, contested. We're a contested side now. And, and it's, it's bonkers merely in this wild year that... We kicked 12 goals, one behind. And that one behind came from a Dan Butler little snap, little ground grubber from the boundary yeah. that hit the inside of the post that was very nice close to going dribbler. in. Yeah, rem- little dribbler, yeah. Little dribbler, yeah. And that was, uh, they said it on the broadcast, this amazing little stat that was, 
the last there's only three teams in history of one games with one behind and the last time it happened was in 1900 and the time before that was 1897 and so it's been 120 years since society has won a game whilst only kicking one behind or one rush behind or whatever it is so we need to go back to those happened? seasons look at those victories and see what happened for those teams let's look for clues year. Yeah. yeah, let's Look have some a, voodoo. a deep dive. We'll find some yeah. more spooky podcast voodoo some, there. Some draw some parallels. Yes, uh, let's see. Yeah, okay. um, right. Well, well, it's it's weird though, bud. Like we we you know last year we were the least we were the eighteenth for goal accuracy and the Saints, and this year we are first. We're the most accurate team in the AFL. So. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Is, is the Jack- law of averages, my friend. You know, if you're gonna, if you're missing that many shots at goal in a row after for so long, then eventually the worm will turn. Well, thank goodness for that, because it's been a either long that or way. like confidence, right? Yeah, I think so. Because a lot of these players too that are kicking these goals, like Paddy Wright, he kicked a couple. Gee, he was good. My goodness, Excellent. he's um, loving loving that uh, that that relationship. At the moment, that worked beautifully. That was the best game. it's worked. That was the best it's worked. And and it kind of, you would make sense after it was round eight, you know, they've played together now for... After a proper pre-season, yeah. Now the pre-season's over. Round one was good. We got They got 40 combined hit-outs, Marshall and Ryder, and they kicked two goals each. So four goals between them. One of them was clutch, Ryder out of the ruck, that little dribbler on the left. Uh, on yep. his right, actually, which was amazing. Um, yeah, dude. Own, I, owning I owning the ball from the inside um, and playing Ryder predominantly as that um, center square ruckman, the tap ruckman. His taps were dominant. He, we were yeah. silver service. It was just down the throat of Jack Steele and Gresham. And we were, yeah. He Jack was Steele, man. He's uh, in all Australian form. Yep, he really is. So is Butler up forward. He's in the yeah. Coleman race. He's yeah. He has brought some of that accuracy. You know, he's barely missed. Um it just shows you if you bring in some class, you know, mm. um, via recruiting, we've, we've covered this before, but if you bring in some class and it raises the standards mm. at training in game day, raises the quality by even, you know, five, 10%, then everyone lifts with that. And you're seeing it with players like Jack Steele, who, you know, has been on AFL lists for some time now. He's be what, six, seven years into his yeah. footy journey. Yep. Um, and now he's really becoming that elite player looking at like players like Hunter Clark, who's only, what, 40 games into yeah, his Yeah, just coming into life. it now. And gee, like, he had a cracking game. If I had Best to... Best played that I've seen. Yeah, he's had a few around this bar, I reckon. He was best on ground on the weekend, and he had a couple late last year. Because last year he did the same thing. He started off a bit slow. Not that he started slow this year. He's been better this year. But last year was a bit slower, and he, and he just grew. Week to week, it was like he's getting better every week. And he's kind of continued that on now. Um, and if there was a player that I had to... If I had to have a guess, who would be the most likely to win a Brownlow at our club? Because it's been a long time. It's been since the 90s. Robert Harvey would be the last one we've won. It would be Hunter Clark. I, yeah. I think that guy has attributes that are just star quality. He's Because not only can he do all of the tight inside stuff and he has more time. He's one of those players. He seems to make time and he kind of moves the ball around and you see people get caught ball watching while he's just pivoting on the spot and then he hits a handball that... He's, he's so classy. He can both sides of his feet. All of balance. these things. He's got all the skills and the balance. And but then he also is hard as hell. Like he'll take, he'll take a hit and he'll do a bit of a Joel Selwood. Like last year, he got cleaned up by Jack Zebel and it was big. It was on the boundary. It was like, oh gosh, this might be. This could be Hunter Clark done for the day. Went off, cut his head, bandaged, bandaged him up. Came back on the third in the third quarter. Got the most touches in that quarter and was 
one of the best people on the ground. And he'd yep. just been poleaxed by Zebul, who's a huge unit. And Clark doesn't look that solid, but that's what he... In his juniors, they all... They loved his... He's uh, in an in and under attack on the footy, and he's it's starting to translate now into the AFL with um, some big units, some some fully grown men, Emil. Yeah, well, and I think he's, I, love it. I think you're right there. I think he's got he's got that um, X factor, dare I say, the star power, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And what uh, I was listening to another footy podcast over the weekend, uh, I can't remember which one, but they were talking about you know if the when it comes to finals, if the Saints go deep, who who is that player? Who's going to be able to, you know, stand up when things aren't going their way? Who's going to be able to, you know, arrest the momentum um, for the opposition? And and they were they were they were speculating and saying they don't really think that Sinky would have anyone that fits that uh, mold at the moment. But within a year or two, they reckon that they were talking about Hunter Clark being that person. And yeah, yeah, he'd I, be I the can guy. Absolutely, see that. But on the, their other point, do you think there's who's that player at? St, do you have that player at St Kilda? Who who who's the one who steps up for St Kilda when things are? not going their way and I know that I mean for me I've noticed that you know Jaron Geary is is often um, leading by example and and working extremely hard to change games um, from where how he can in his position but uh, I don't know what do you reckon yeah we've we really have struggled for that player over the years truly and this is that the conversation about having class players or a-grade players and needing them um, um, I, I think now nowadays it is the aforementioned Jack Steele is a player who will always just crack in and get it done and just give his all. Him and Jack Billings are the two that they just, they're, they're, they're our, probably our two most consistent players. Like you, you might not notice Jack Billings every week, but he's pretty much everything he does is just the right thing every, mm-hmm. every time. So he's just consistently hits the right target and he consistently. Unless he's taking a set shot for goal. Well, not this year because we're, yeah. we're ridiculously he's Super kicking goals. Accurate. He's barely yeah. missing, um, but well, every I mean, other year, yeah. yes. And not his the record same pressure. Yeah, I guess so, right? His record. You no, know, that's that's right. We're not. Think about us last year though, and the year before with Alan Richardson. It's just constant talk about the coach and the game style, and not enough classes and Kilda and Saints are shit and this and that. And we've just changed as we've talked about a lot in the last few pods um, or over the last year or so. Just this. The whole shuffle around the footy department all the way through to the players. It's kind of, we've kind of flushed that out, and that's not really the conversation about St Kilda anymore. Now, with you know, so I don't know. I guess the pr- pressure is relieved, but if, if they are the kind of players that dig in for us. It's Billings and Steele, but I think Clark will be, in terms of a real match winner, it probably is Hunter Clark. But Jack Billings has kicked five goals and a half before, and Jade Gresham's kicked six against the Tigers in the year that they won the flag. So we have some players who can do it, but. They don't always get it done, but it's starting to be more consistent and there's starting to be other faces who pop up who are solid. And just one more shout-out to some on the weekend. Our defence is becoming stingy and solid and yeah. tough to get around. Like, Callum Wilkie, from the from the bloody rookie list... Everything from, he does adds up, man. <laughs> it does. And yeah. you know he's good with his addition and his maths. Oh, yeah. The old accountant. <laughs> Um, he can always find an extra number. That's for sure. <laughs> He's amazing, dude. Um, well, just I mean, I, I thought I gave this game to Port because I thought that you know, having seen them firsthand um, the week before, I just thought that Charlie Dixon would be too much to handle. But fuck, they, it wasn't a factor. He, it wasn't a factor. he kicked one goal in the third quarter, and and he took, took a couple of marks up the ground, but yeah. nothing major in his forward line. No, nope, I think he kicked. Uh, so yeah, kicked one and probably had, I think he had seven touches. And so former Port player Dougal Howard was on him, which absolutely helps, you know, having a bit of inside, a bit of intel. 
Um, but you still have to do the job, you know. It doesn't matter if you're mates with the person and you're playing a lot no, of footy. It's still... He's still, he's he's still, just, still you know, a five to eight centimetres taller and probably 10, 15 kilograms heavier. Exactly. And and our team defence was so strong. Like, we had players like Ben Patton and Nick Caulfield. Kind of un, a good unsung... Patton's... He's like... A, I always think of him as a... He's a classic, like, Hawthorne fourth, fifth round pick kind of player where you're like, who's this guy who plays for the Hawks? Who's just does it right week in week out and he's just a hard unit and just great clean skills and just hits his targets and that's it that's what ben Patton does for us he's just solid he's just this he's i think he's a pick 30 or 40 or something a few same year as hunter clark maybe a year before really coming on and Mm. yeah team defense we were when we were we never really allowed dixon to have a 1v1 if if a spare man was back. They'd always get to the contest. It was always some... They were putting their bodies on the line in front of him, feeling the hole, feeling the space, you know? You know that Charlie Dixon's coming and 185 Pressure. centimeter, 80 kilo coffee would have put his body in the line and in the way of um, a, a huge unit like Dixon. It was... Pr- pressure on the ball carrier as well was clearly at a premium, you know? I mean, a lot of teams trying to put pressure on the ball carrier, but I think that... um. St Kilda were really effective and, and we're that. starting to get that balance right because in the past we're like even since 2016 uh, 2017 when the Tigers won that year we were that was our brand back then it was pressure 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 and if everything goes right it's amazing you score all these goals and it's awesome but then we would just leak goals like a sieve when it didn't go right and that's continued to this year you know getting that balance right about when to play on when to go or when to slow the game up and soak up some of the momentum of the other teams coming back. Like we couldn't do that in the port. Uh, sorry, in the Fremantle game. And I think we're we're learning how to do that and how to just win and slow it down and change the tempo of the game because it's exciting to see the fast run and gun play on style. But there's times when you just need to soak up a few minutes and and you know take the sizzle out of the game. Yeah, man. Um. That's and then they did it. They they knew it, they you could see that the tempo was that their tempo was on as a team and 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 the, just putting them yeah the way they put them to the sword in that fourth was, Mwah. it was very satisfying. It was a clutch. You know, we're one point up at three quarter time and an errant kick from Justin Westhoff was pretty much the catalyst for uh you know for us to just kind of put the foot down and put a few more goals on the board and it was just done. And then we stretched it out to a near 30 point lead against the latter leaders at home with their home crowd. It was, I was honestly a bit shook because we haven't been this good in 10 years and we're, we're in the top four. I can't remember the last summer in the top four. It's, it's, I reckon it's 2010. So it's yep. been a good 10 years and it feels good to be back. My friend. Oh, mate, that rarefied air. Enjoy it. Yeah, thank you. I will. Week mm. to week. It's a week to week mm. thing and I won't get too confident, but you know, I'll get one well, of my metal straw, my friend, in the next if, few weeks. Look, if they don't play finals this year, then that that'll be um uh that'll be a, not a yeah, a waste of a season really. Like it, it you'd be really disappointed if, if they didn't play finals this year. And I, they would they ought to be and they ought to be fucking angry if they give themselves this start. Um, and only having and only having lost two games that were very winnable, they led in by you know four or five goals at both in, in both of them. Yeah, we should be we, should, we could be undefeated. Could be top of the ladder, absolutely. So yeah. if if they, if they don't play finals from here, then it's a loss. Um, then you got some serious problems. That's yeah. a loss. That's um yeah, we'd capitulate it if, if that's what's happened. We need to make finals this year, um, and it'll be the first time since 2011, and we need to probably get a win 
in finals. That's that would be satisfying. Uh, to be honest, I can't. I would be happy making you, it for sure. Totally, but would be you a can't control part. who you're playing or where. And, exactly. And all that stuff. There's so much out. Of, yeah, that's right. So, but hey, um, they're in the exciting. top four at the moment, and they should play finals because they're playing the football that demands it. That's right. Um, Speaking and now, of teams that are playing football that doesn't necessarily demand uh, finals attention, Carlton v North Melbourne. Yes. Oh, gee, it was a nervy game. Um, yeah, you had yeah. to get these. There was another one of the, the games that. Get those ugly wins. Just got to get the win. Got to get the four yes. points. And God, I said it on the pod last week, and you could see it, and you watched the game, so you, you would have seen it. North love to play us. They love to try and beat us, and they love being physical. They just. It's yeah. a totally one. It's a total one-way rivalry. Carlton barely think about North Melbourne, but they hate us more than any other team in the comp. I reckon. That's so funny, and it, they did put on their best showing in a while, or in probably five or six weeks. North Melbourne. Um, yeah, I, I felt your nerves there, and there's. But this is the year to to break those, bust those hoodoos and those, uh, um, you know, these long-standing. Um, dominant periods that some clubs have had over others. Um, yeah, you guys look good. You just got the win. North North looked a lot better with uh, Larky in the team up front. Uh, Nick Larky, I think his name is for yeah, that's the their one. structure. Um, helping big big Ben Brown up forward. Um, just to take a bit of the pressure off him. He was yeah, he's a, he was a great in. I think he kicked two, maybe two or three. Hmm. It was a hard game, dude. It was it was well, yeah, it was very contested. And then it's, it, yeah, and when it started raining as well, it got a bit um, scrappy. Um, but yeah, we were, you know, them kicking the first three was nervy, but then us, the way we came back was really encouraging and moved the ball from there was great. Um, we tend to, uh, we've been getting a little bit, I think because we're unaccustomed to being so in games regularly, we are, you, I, I am noticing what I assume to be kind of nerves or not knowing quite how to just put sides away in front. It? Like the only, yeah, the only team we're really putting away this year is the dogs, Yeah, which is, which is good. Um, but it I'd like to have a few less uh, heart attack finishes. Yeah. Um, well, our clubs pretty... love doing that for us, don't they? That's their yeah, favourite thing to do. Yeah. Um, my my um my stress levels are, are even though I'm you know not doing that much at the moment with COVID, my stress levels are through the roof thanks to the old blues. Fair enough. Just adding to the COVID stress, the game you love. Yeah. Well, I think it takes. It seems like it takes a bit to get used to winning. Like it. It, it seems like it's you need to. Yeah, build up those experiences of, of putting sides away. And that's why these teams that have been dominant for long periods just kind of knew how to get get the win. I'm thinking, you know, Hawthorne through, through their era of greatness and even after their flags, they would still be able to just kind of grind out a win when they needed to. And other yeah. clubs who are, you know, like ours and some of the other, you know, Brisbane before these last few years. Seem to be able to turn winning into losing in almost any occasion. Absolutely. That's right. And just as, as amazing as it was there, you know, flurry of goals that gets them on top in the game, they can do equally as horrific, horrible things and leak goals or give up a lead to, uh, you know, in, in classic St Kilda, Carlton, Essendon fashion. These, these are the kind of names. These are the kind of clubs that uh, you want to pick if you want to die young from a heart attack. Yeah. The last two, the only points from that game uh, that I think are worth mentioning are like, like you were talking about shouting out to the Port Adelaide, uh, sorry, to the St Kilda defence. Shout out to the Carlton defence. They've been excellent this year. Weeders. Yeah, Weeders is having a career best season. Um, really Williamson good. being back in the team has been great. He's, I like he's, Williamson. Williamson, yeah, he's awesome. Plowman's having a really good year as well. Um, um, Cade yeah, Simpson just like doing, doing his thing. thing. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Consistently doing his thing. As he has forever. For and, ever. Um, forever. And also uh, increased depth in midfield, thank goodness. You know, Setterfield had his best game for the club, best on ground he was. Um, yeah, Kennedy K- kicked Kennedy three. kicked two goals. Two, sorry. Uh, two goals, 20 touches and a bunch of contested ones. Jack Nunes, um, very serviceable. Jack Nunes, man. He's kicked some important goals for us. Yeah, as quite well. clutch. He's, I think four or five really hard, important goals. Yeah. He's, he's a solid unit. He'll run all day and he'll tackle. He'll really crack in for, the, for your side and he can kick yeah. a goal every now and then. And he's and as I've said, I think before, um, if he's keeping a young player out the team because they don't have the form, then that's great because we know what we'll get from Nunes every week. And it's not... Yeah, that's you know, His right. ceiling might not be quite as high as some other talent we've got on our list You know, who are coming through, but the consistency's there and we and you can bank on his running yep. you can bank on his work ethic his hardness um and and some goals and he's a goals. he's he's a veteran now he's he'd be in his late 20s and he's a, he's a pretty well spoken well spoken guy and he's a, he's a nice guy he's a team oriented person so he's a good person i imagine to have around the club just as a leader um and he's durable as shit dude he uh he played 120 yeah. odd games in a row at the saints and yep. towards the end uh, he should have been dropped a few times and richo had a little favoritism there and probably had some some money on his streak or something <laughs> um, no but yeah he, he probably should have been dropped a few times but he's durable and he's a good pickup in the weekend a few of these games he's he's really like, as you said he's been important oh he's he's definitely been solid and he, he i don't think he would have been in now like bottom five players in any of the games that he's played in so that's great take take that um all right cool that's that game uh yeah. week ahead oh well yeah, tomorrow God. football the, the, week, the week's uh, ahead yeah, um <laughs> you can tell Emil and i are a bit frazzled here you know there's a yeah, lot of football. Look, we're gonna try and be we're gonna try and drop a pod uh, between rounds uh each week and then also an additional one uh sometime later in the week um you know, for the next couple, just to see how that goes. So this is our uh, <coughs> wrap up of the week that's been, or the round that's been, and then a bit of a guide to the round that's coming, or our tips at least. Starting with Wednesday night at Metricon, it's uh, the Dogs taking on the Tigers. Um, pretty intriguing kind of matchup here. Um, I'm just gonna go, come straight out with my tip, and I'm gonna tip after tipping the Tigers in last week. I'm gonna backtrack on that and tip the Dogs in this one. Yeah, I think they've just got they've got the personnel. Um, they're in. They're, they're playing pretty well. Um, they held off a really spirited and 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 pretty good Gold Coast last week. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to back them to do do it again. I, I think the Tigers will respond, uh, especially when they start to get those players back um, in the back end of the season. But for for now, I think that it's the Dogs. Very similar to me, Emil. All of that. I'm getting on the Dogs as well. I think the Tigers will come good, as you said. Their players, they're getting better each week. They're warming into their season nicely. Their players are playing their role. But I think at the moment, the dogs just look a bit better. Um, they don't have as many injuries. They're playing a bit better team football and they're in slightly better form. Um, and it's in a neutral ground. Is this a, It's in Metricon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the dogs love Metricon. They love, love it. it up there. It's, it's, man, it's the, it's, Marvel, it's the Marvel of the North. Exactly. So they're going to win. The dogs. They're going to win. <laughs> I, I, who'd, I don't think that... The Tigers have a natural matchup for no, not many teams do, but a natural matchup for Bonapelli either. And he, um, he's been everywhere. He's, he's been everywhere. Star. Man. He's, he has, he's been to Metricon Gabba. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he's a Jet. You also heard that here first. Bonapelli is a Jet. Um, he is. Yeah, go, go, dogs. Moving along nicely, aren't they? 
Next game of the round, uh, it's the D's taking on Port Adelaide. Uh, both teams coming off losses uh, at the Gabba uh, Thursday night at 7:50. Um, yeah, tricky one. I I'm gonna back. Um, I'm gonna back the Demons here. Hello. Because yeah, they they. I mean, I still I'm still holding on to the form that they showed against the Hawks. They played pretty well and pushed Brisbane right to the end. And you know some controversial score reviews aside, uh, could well have come away with it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to back the back the D's to, to get their season at, at this late stage, get their season, um, bring, it, bring, it, bring it back to life. I like it. Question for me here is, is this Port Adelaide, the Port Adelaide of old, where they will let you down and start to fade away? Or is it a new Port Adelaide? Um, I think at the moment... I think I think it's the latter. I think it is a new Port Adelaide. I think they've got a different focus this year. And I, I they lost last week and they'd be very disappointed to lose to the Saints at home. And now they're back in Queensland where apparently they never lose in Queensland. They love it there in Queensland as well. It's Much a happy like hunting dogs. ground, sure. It has been. Those first few weeks they didn't drop a game. So no. um, I think they will respond. And I'm starting to rate the Ds as well. But I, I think Port will respond and... And get the win. And and if Melbourne get another L on the board, even though they've got that game up their sleeve, it's going to start to get a bit tougher. And uh, and we wonder, I can't remember if this was on or off air, merely, but we're talking about oh, Goodwin, Simon Goodwin. So he's had, this is his fourth year at the club now. They've had that one year in 2018 where they got to the prelim and then back down to the bottom of the end, bottom of the ladder last year. And it's interesting. I wonder how, long, how much longer he'll have at the helm or, uh, yeah... They they yeah. certainly need a good win. That's what they that's do all I'll a, say. They do need a good win. Mm. N- that good win, not sure. We'll find out. I reckon every coach gets a bit of a mulligan for this season, uh, but he'd be the most under pressure. I would have thought. That's what? definitely yeah, it's un- un- maybe Clarko as well. <laughs> but you know, he's Clarko. The, the four flags might help. I don't yes, know. that's right. Um, uh, speaking of Clarko, um, let's. What excuse will he make this week for Hawthorne's terrible performance? Because they're playing the high flying Blues hey, uh, at, over in Perth. Home game for the home game for the Baggers um, at the odd time of five forty on Friday night. The double first of the double headers. Five forty on a Friday night. That's that's mm. our time, Eastern Eastern time. So it's it is. A, it's a it's a it's a two forty game 240 on a Friday Perth in game. Perth. Yeah. Friday afternoon football. Um, Mate, I think you're blue baggers. I, I, I'll, I'll start first. I just can't tip the Hawks at the moment, um, even with their great record. They've got a good, re- a good record over the Blues. Yeah, we, we were talking about this before we start hit hit roll um, on this episode, and um, yeah, Carlton beat them in 2017, um, but that is the one and only time in 15 years that we've beaten Hawthorne. It's a long so time. So I'm just going to let that sink in. Yeah, um, yeah I'm also. Mm, yeah, I don't. yeah. I mean, we didn't. We needed to do a what was relevant in 2005 thing. Oh know, yeah, Baham in what else? Something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm back in the blues for sh- for sure. Hawks have been playing badly. We've been playing better. Uh, Hawks haven't and kicked we, over we tend, we, 60 points. They can't no. kick a winning score. And you guys can. You've kicked over 100 against the Dogs. You've kicked a few yep. scores of 70s and 80s. And you get been, you get been, your chances. When we get a roll on, we score pretty quickly too. Yes, um, and I think that yeah, I, th- I, I think that we'll win. But God, I um, that the weight of history is against me. Yeah, this would be this will be the 
if they lose this one, the Hawks are they're already talking about you know the alarm bells are ringing there now and the media's jumping on on the Hawks now. Of course, everyone's been waiting for this for a long time, haven't they? Yes. Um, the fall of Hawthorne, and if they lose another game here, it, it the pressure's just going to build each week. Um, we play pretty well over in Perth, uh, yeah, and and we travel all right. Yeah, and we got mm. some we got some important WA players who I think enjoy playing in Paddy front Cripps, of the home crowd. Yeah, Sammy Samo Petrovsky Seaton as well. He's another WA boy, McGovern. If he's of course, yeah. yeah, right. What did he do to himself? He had um, his... little little hammy. It's just a little a bit of awareness. It was a bit of awareness. I pulled him out as a precautionary measure. And I'm, I don't know if Mackay will be back. I hope he will be. Uh, he would a little... Funny story. I don't know if you caught this during the week, but yeah. he, he he got an anomaly on his COVID test. So he had to train separately to the rest of the group and presumably socially distance and isolate himself for that, that whole time as well until you know they got the final results. Um, but then was, was doing a one-on-one session with an assistant coach and yeah, did his knee or hyperextended his knee. Um, but they got no vision of it, so they're really they're not quite sure how long it's going to take or, or what the injury is. Now, your flat earthers of the world, your conspiracy theorists of the world, will oh, look yes. at those two I, things I know and where go, this is going. <laughs> yeah. "Look at those two things and go, hmm, I've got a weird COVID test." And then he mysteriously does his hamstring in the in the warm up with no footage, and you go, "Oh, I wonder what that result, what what's going on here?" Really, Harry mm. Mackay. Your other conspiracy theorists would look at it and go, hmm, he was due to line up on his brother, twin brother, Ben Mackay, on the weekend oh, for the we first go. time ever. Ah, oh, here we go. Have we ever seen them on the same footy field? Have we oh. ever seen them in the same room together? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Do we know how to say their last name? Pronounce it correctly. I don't know. Mackay, Mackay, I'm not sure. I, I'm... Well, oh, we're in Queensland. If we're in, we're in Queensland, so oh, it's it should be, be Mackay. Mackay. Of course. Uh, ben Mackay. Harry yeah. Mackay. Gee, mate, I, Same I picked the wrong. Yeah, I picked the wrong conspiracy theory there. That's 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 the real hot take here. So he's double dipping. Oh, I reckon, man. He's his name. Sa- talk about salary rorts. Salary rorts, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, Harry slash Ben needs to hit up the Amnesty uh, organization and self-report. No wonder he's been so injured for all of his careers because he's playing two, games two careers week. going at once. Yeah. He's, train, he's training at the... Um, it's like one of those comical, like, you know, films, 90s films where you're going on like a double date and the restaurants are next to each other and you're having to run from one run to the from next. Run from one to the other. I've got to go to the bathroom again. Sorry. And you're going over. Dare I say it, a classic Mrs. Doubtfire scenario? I, I can't... I, yes, of course. <laughs> My favourite reference... <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire set the set the tone, and then people have many times have ripped it off. But um, maybe that's what Ben slash Harry Mackay's been doing. He's been training at Princess Park, finishing up at the Blues, and then nipping over to Arden Street, hopping in an Uber, changing Guernsey in the car, and and he it's rocks pretty, up. It's pretty know. close to one another, so it's you know. It's and then none the wiser. Down. It would have been tough for him to play know. against the Blues on the weekend. Yeah, Harry. well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe, mm. maybe. Well, maybe it shows where his true loyalties lie. Jeez, there we go. He's a shin boner through and through. Perhaps he is. Uh. <laughs> Next game of the round, we got. Uh, so we're both we're both Carlton for that one on uh, the Friday, and the the second of the double header. Um, it's at eight ten at Metricon. It's uh, Essendon taking on Brisbane um, in you know pretty pretty defining game for Essendon. They're still. You know, they're seventh on the ladder. They've got that asterisk next to them. They've got a game in hand. They're, you know, well, technically equal third on the ladder, really. 
um, 20 points just percentage keeping them out. So could be on right top. in it. Yeah, but they I just, are in it. I don't, I don't trust them. Nah, no, neither do I. Neither do I. And so you're tipping the Lions? I am no. tipping the Lions. So am I. Um, and it's not to say that Essendon are a good team. They'll be... You mentioned... Yeah, you mentioned it earlier that, that they're... They did this last year, Essendon. They, they just moved along. They, they weren't playing amazing football, but they were just staying in it. And they're kind of doing it this year. They're winning enough games. They don't look incredible yet, but they've got a fair few injuries and their players that are playing well are, are playing some really solid football. McGrath's great. Um, uh, Zach, what's his fucking name, Zach? Merritt. Merritt was great on the weekend as well. Old mate had a good first game, Cahill, Ned Cahill. Did. Little foot skills. Soccer, soccer goal, yeah. Little soccer skills, and then followed it up with a little tootsie slide, <laughs> a little yeah, dance step. Um, and who's, uh, they, they've got a few, That Rid, Ridley's playing some Ridley amazing football for the Dons. He's like yep. one of their best players this year. Yeah. He's one of the, he's been, he's been one of the best defenders in the league this so, year. Yeah, so they're also unearthing, or not, he's not that new a player, he's been playing for a little while, but they've, they've been getting some games into some younger players, which is good to see, because I reckon they'll be, they'll, they'll be stronger come the end of the year when they get... They're still missing Heppel. You know, you imagine this team with Stringer, with Heppel, and with Joey Danaher, who we just kind of forget about now, yeah. right? Like, you just kind of forget about old Joey Danaher. Um, is which Shield, is, which sucks. And is, Shield's coming Shield, back this week. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's a lot yeah. of outs, and they're getting wins still. That Adelaide game wasn't pretty... I tipped Adelaide. It was one of the... I got. I tipped both the Adelaide sides last week, and they were both. I got them both wrong. Um but I thought Adelaide might have got them there, but they got the four points, another grind, and well done to them. But I just think the Lions, they're on this actual game. Yeah, the Lions just look, they're just a better side at the moment. They're just, they've got a, they're they're really, a bit deeper. They're just, yeah. they've got a deep midfield. I think they'll struggle with that in the midfield, you know. Um, yeah. McCluggage, Zorko, and um, Lockie Neal. That's a tough midfield. Good luck Very. to them. Lines for me, yep. and it's up in yeah, Queensland. Not at, not at the Gabba though. It's at Metricon, so it's a slight different. If it was at the Gabba, it'd be even more in the Lions' favour. But go the Lions. Yeah, the Lions are a ruckman and a key forward away from being the best team in it. That's right, because they got Archie Smith's rucking for them at the moment now with yeah. uh, Martin now Steph for Martin. eight weeks or something with a sore back. Yeah, and then Eric Hipwood and. Oscar McInerney good but they're not quite that player that they need yet yeah and, McStay's yeah. solid as well he can can take a grab geez they're exciting they've got a lot of players who can take a mark Rainer on the weekend yeah maybe oh, a man. mark of the year Oof. Um, Oof. and also Robbie Gray's cousin Sam, Sam Gray no no he's um, uh, what's his freaking name I feel like an old man look at my head today merely foggy head um, foggy Lincoln McCarthy. Oh, yes. He's yes, 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 yes. kind of looks like Robbie Gray. Did he, did he used to play like, at Geelong? That's right. And he just yeah, never okay. and he never really... Um, he just was injured. He didn't quite put it all together. They all knew he was yeah. super talented. And right. and he's been compared to Robbie Gray, I think, from the Geelong players and uh, the, uh, from Geelong in prior seasons. But when he when he gets going... Remember that, that mark he took? I think it was against Geelong. Last year, he took a big specky... In yeah. like one of the dying few minutes and converted and kicked a goal and it was to get him into like to win a home final I'm pretty sure last year oh, it was yeah. amazing it was really yeah, yeah, awesome yeah. He, yep, big, big big specky off someone's yep. back anyway he's clutch they've just got a lot of players who are exciting Brisbane are pretty awesome this year and it's yeah. great that they get to play a lot of games in, in uh, Queensland all power to them hell yeah um, speaking of Adelaide and when they're going to get a win it could be this week because on Saturday at Metricon at 2.30 they're playing North 
Oh, jeez. Um, Flip a spoon just, and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a toss of the spoon, this game. It is. 17th it is. v 18th. Both, yeah. One of the five. No wins for Adelaide and five losses in a row for North. Oh, good form line. Good form line. Um, yeah, back in North, I am. Uh, if this were at Adelaide Oval, I'd back the Crows, but it isn't. It's, uh, it's also at Metricon. Um, so, yeah, North for me. Same here. But in exactly. a game, I, I probably won't watch. Yeah, I, look, I've been doing this a little bit recently, I must admit. Been watching the first quarter or so, getting a feel for the game, and then most of them I'll get through yeah. about half, and I'm like, uh, go about it's your day. Uh, 18 to 21, and it's raining now. Um, that's probably enough that's, for me. That'll do. Yeah, that'll do me. And this will be one of those games, merely. Or maybe game of the round. Could maybe. Be. Could be. How about this? Ben, ben Brown draw. to kick 12. Yeah. <laughs> ben Brown to kick 12, and it to be a draw. Adelaide to get some points on the board but only half <laughs> uh, 5 five ten. the Gabba it's the Saints top four Saints taking on the Sydney Swans um, you know Swans were looking a bit better last week a lot better last week um, in many respects a lot of their young kids are coming on um, but St Kilda St Kilda buddy flying mate St Kilda buddy flying absolutely top four Saints flying quality on every line bloody oh, batting with depth got, accurate. got two, two, two ruckmen there to take the whole game away from Sydney's no ruck. Well, no, they got Carl Sinclair back. That's not fair. So, yeah. No, but the Saints, for sure. Yeah. Uh, got to tip the Saints on this one. Um, Pride match. Annual Pride match. Um, it's not in Sydney, is it? It's, in, it's at Magicon. Yeah. Or oh, maybe the G. Who knows? It's in Queensland. That's for sure. No games out in Sydney this weekend. Are they stopped playing games in Sydney for a bit? Maybe Pro- they have. Probably. Probably yeah. wise to. Um yeah, I think we the Saints. We just we're in better form. We've got better players at the moment. Sydney, it was a full list, full Sydney list. They have a pretty good record over us. We do struggle against them, but normally we're struggling. In the past, it's been you know Lance Franklin playing on Sam Gilbert, and we just don't have those same team. That and nor do they. So those stats just don't really matter at the moment. But if we lose to the Swans, the wind will be out of my sails, and <laughs> I don't know where we'll be at. But we should we should win this game. Yeah. Um, and the next game is the last game on the Saturday, 8 o'clock, 8.10, sorry, up to Stadium, West Coast and Geelong. Um, yeah, West Coast are flying. Geelong, pretty good team, but won't be able to come close to West Coast over there with the way they were playing last week. Yep, West Coast. <laughs> yeah, they got their fans there. They love playing at Optus Oval. What are they, four in a row now? They're just, they're just warming up. Maybe five Ooh, in a row. Yeah. The, Who knows? Then, if I did it my own uh, football podcast, four I'd... in a row. They they won two in the harbour, then they've won two since going back to Perth. I reckon. Nice. Well, I reckon they'll make it five in a row this weekend. Two right. I agree. Um, Suns taking on the Giants, the battle of the expansion clubs at three thirty on Sunday um, at Metricon. It yeah, look, should be a really watchable game. I think I'm um, very excited for this game. I'm backing the Suns. Um, upset I alert! Feel yeah, I'm I'm backing the upset. I reckon they're they're in a position, they're in they're in a better position to beat the Giants than they have been for probably since the first or second year uh, that the Giants were in the comp. So yeah, um, gonna back back the Suns to really want and will this game in front of a home kind of crowd. 
and and get get that dub. They haven't won for a couple of weeks and they've been playing well. And the Giants they're playing okay, but this feels like one they're going to drop. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I'm exactly the same as you, bud. And being played at Metricon, Giants have been at home the last few weeks. They have to travel again. They've come off a good win. It's easier to drop one after a good win. Like you said with Gold, the GC, they've they've dropped a couple, but it hasn't been in. Gold Coast fashion where they haven't just fallen away. They're still they're still playing some good team football and they want to win. They really want to win. And this one this one presents a big opportunity to beat the other expansion club. Um, and I reckon they will as well. Big danger game for the Giants. Hell yeah. And rounding out round eight, nine, nine. Rounding nine. out round nine. Nine. Yeah. Nine um, slash ten oh, slash eleven slash festival yeah. football. <laughs> course course one in our seven course degustation of football. <laughs> We've got, uh, to finish it off as a palate cleanser, we've got the Frio Dockers uh, taking on Collingwood in what looks like it could be a bit of a soft kill for the Pies given their um, deplorable showing last week, but uh, is a big danger game because Frio aren't that bad and they will be smelling blood in the water. Yeah, and, and Frio aren't easy beats either. Last, you know, last night's game was... You know, a bit of a, yeah. a write-off. It's hard to get a gauge where they're at with that much rain falling. Um, and Geelong are probably just a more experienced team to... Hell, they've probably played in more wet weather than Frio do, um, being Too from right Geelong. There. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But yeah, they, they're a stronger unit. But gee, yeah, Frio, they ain't no easy beats. They've had close losses in their losses in the first few rounds of the season. So it does. And it is a danger game. But in saying all of this, I just think Collingwood will rise to the top on this one and they really need to win this game they've been under a bit of pressure now externally and internally and so i I think this is the one they'll need to get it together and 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 get the win but if they don't again it starts to questions will start to be uh, raised again about the pies which uh, yeah. it's week to week in this season isn't it you can be premiership favorites two weeks ago and then let alone the additional heat that'll come on the club after our explosive expose well, uh, coming right. on Thursday. It's gonna be big. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back in the pies too here, but um, yeah, I, I reckon it'll be a pretty close game of footy, and, and you know, Fremantle have struggled to score uh, enough, but so have so have Collingwood. So, um, yeah, I think I just think that Frio don't have the forward line that will be able to even come close to being able to push the Magpies' defence, who were uh, obviously well beaten um, against West Coast, but that's. I reckon more of a structural and and and, uh, and personnel thing than it is anything else. So, um, yeah, Frio just don't have the inside forward fifty targets to make Collingwood uh, really work. To make Collingwood um to really push Collingwood, I think. And without Fife still, yeah, yeah the Frio it- midfield is not on par with the West Coast Eagles. No, um, no, that's and right. it took it took it took West Coast deep, excellent midfield to overcome um, even Collingwood's midfield, who are missing two of their best midfielders. So they've still got some fucking great ball players, Collingwood. So they'll they yeah they should still get it done. Yep, mate, what an episode of AF Eloquence. <laughs> it's a it's a joy. It's it a bloody is. joy. It's got footy. You got. Got chatting you got with you. Banter. Got podcasts. Got fucking. You got birds. Game, games to watch as of tomorrow. Chirping Dirty birds. <laughs> got yeah. sirens going. I don't know if you heard that, but there's. Well, that's probably about the Hawthorne sports rorts. I would have thought. Yeah, true. They're going to arrest Clarko right now. On their way to the <laughs> hub. <laughs> See you later, Clarko. Yep. Head to jail. Do not pass go. Uh, <laughs> um, mate, it's been a pleasure, and I can't watch. I can't wait to get involved in the festival of football tomorrow and to hear the expose on Thursday at the
time with in, you. Guys. Enjoy your games. Uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Uh, take care of yourself and go footy.